This is Radioactive, a grassroots environmental and social justice news journal for February 10th, 2022. This is Meredith DeFrancesco with Sunlight Media Collective. Next week, the Maine legislature will again hold a public hearing on a bill that seeks to make long-sought changes to the Maine Indian Claims Settlement Act, and another bill that seeks to address the Passamaquoddy tribe's drinking water crisis at Sapayag. In 2019, the task force to make changes to the Maine Indian Land Claims Settlement Act voted unanimously to formulate LD 1626, originally known as LD 2094, with recommendations to put the Wabanaki nations on par with other federally recognized tribes. The bill outlines 22 long-negotiated task force recommendations addressing changes to policy regarding tribal fee-to-trust land acquisition, use of land and natural resources, hunting and fishing, taxation, criminal jurisdiction, civil jurisdiction, and the applicability of federal laws to the tribes within Maine. The tribes in Maine have faced numerous adversarial interpretations of the Settlement Act since its inception, two of the most prominent being the Passamaquoddy's inability to source water on their tribal fee land to address their drinking water crisis, and in the state of Maine's assertion that the Penobscot River within the Penobscot Nation's reservation is not a part of their territory under the Settlement Act. The task force was made up of bipartisan legislative representatives, the tribal chiefs of the Penobscot Nation, Passamaquoddy at Zabayak and Mandakmaguk, the Holton Band of the Maliseets, and the Aroostook Band of Micmacs, and ex officio representation from the state attorney generals and governor's offices, and the Maine Indian Tribal State Commission, MITSIC. Meetings have continued between the tribes and governors and state attorney general's offices who have persevered with opposition to the proposed changes, despite the years-long work. Industry, including the pulp and paper lobby, have also shown its opposition, complaining during previous sessions that they did not have a seat at the table with the legislature's task force. A last-minute decision was made in the spring legislative session to hold over LD 1626, an act to implement the recommendations of the Task Force on Changes to the Maine Indian Claims Settlement Implementing Act until this session. A truncated public hearing was held by the Legislature's Committee on Judiciary then, but now a continuation of that public hearing will be held via Zoom this coming Tuesday, February 15th at 9 a.m. Last June, a standalone bill that would have put the Wabanaki tribes on par with other federally recognized tribes to exercise the authority to operate gaming facilities under the federal 1988 Indian Gaming Regulatory Act was passed by the full Maine legislature, but vetoed by Governor Mills. There also will be a public hearing next Thursday, February 17th on LD906, an act to provide Passamaquoddy tribal members access to clean drinking water. The public hearing will also be on Zoom starting at 9 o'clock in the morning. This act seeks to address the drinking water crisis that the Passamaquoddy tribe at Sabayak have been facing for decades, including boil water advisories and unsafe levels of trihalomethenes in their tap water, which increase cancer risk and liver and kidney problems. The reservation community currently has to buy bottled water, receive donations, or drive 10 miles to a pump at a church in Robinston to fill jugs for cooking, drinking, and everyday water uses. To view a video on this drinking water crisis and how it could be addressed by proposed legislation and changes to the Maine Indian Claims Settlement Act, you can go to sunlightmedia.org or view at Sunlight Media Collective's Facebook page.
The tribal chiefs will have a public statement this week on the current status of the efforts to pass LD 1626, an act to implement the recommendations of the Task Force on Changes to the Maine Indian Claims Settlement Implementing Act, but did not before airtime. Today we hear from a presentation on the proposed legislation given by Penobscot Ambassador Molly and Dana and Passamaquoddy tribal member and attorney Corey Hinton, hosted by the Maine Conservation Voters. And we hear from Passamaquoddy Chief Maggie Dana of Sabayak and Passamaquoddy Representative to the Maine Legislature, Rena Newell, following the decision to postpone the consideration of LD 1626 to this legislative session. Penobscot Ambassador Molly and Dana. So the, the big picture we're going to talk about today is amending the Maine Indian Land Claim Settlement Act through legislation in the Maine Legislature because we are looking to create more equity and fairness for the tribes in Maine. Now, the Wabanaki tribes are the uh, the Passamaquoddy, which have two communities, one at Madoknagook or Indian Township, one at Sabayak or Pleasant Point. There is a Penobscot Nation, which is kind of centrally located in Maine. And then up in Aroostook County, we have the Holton Band of Maliseet Indians and the Aroostook Band of Micmac. And while this legislation really only affects the Passamaquoddy, Penobscot, and Maliseet, we're also really honored and blessed that the Micmac are adding their voice to this charge of unity that we've really found around this effort. Part of the Manatee Land Claim Settlement Act was language added uh, in the 11th hour that has blocked our access to federally federal beneficial acts that every other tribe in the country is entitled to and, and enjoys. We are entitled to them, but we haven't had access to them. So a, a, a big part of the oppression of the tribes in Maine for the past 40 years since this passed into law has been not being able to really have our inherent sovereignty recognized, but also that relationship with the federal government has been really stifled and at times non-existent. We were able to work through um, the Violence Against Women Act law through the Maine legislature to expand that jurisdiction to Maine tribes, but it was a, a really complicated and uh, difficult process. So we are looking to finally amend this on a very large scale and it truly is all about fairness and equity. So how did we get here? I, I think Corey can get into this a, a little bit um, in more detail on the court cases and such, but I will tell you that the Maine Indian Land Claim Settlement Act has been studied to death. <laughs> uh, recommendations have been made time and time again, and it has always fallen flat and fallen short. A lot of the recommendations are pretty much in line with what we've crafted this time. And the process this time was a task force called by the state government that basically comprised of tribal leaders or tribal chiefs or their designee and um, lawmakers as the voting members. And then the attorney general's office and governor's office were also included in the meetings as non-voting members. So these 22 recommendations uh, a lot of which we'll get into in detail here, were voted uh, unanimously, nearly unanimously out of this task force. And that is what we're basing the bill on. And Corey, if you wanna talk about um, exactly how the land claims came to be with the court cases. Sure. Hi everybody, my name is Corey Hinton. 
Ambassador, thank you so much for the introduction and getting us to this point. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to be with you all today and for the support of the Environmental Coalition. At the first bullet that you see on this slide, uh, Joint Tribal Council of the Passamaquoddy Tribe, B. Morton. That is a lawsuit uh, that, that the Passamaquoddy Tribe brought against the United States in 1975 to essentially force federal recognition. Um, in, in the 19, up until the 1970s, the tribe had, uh, the tribes in Maine had been um, presumed to be under the exclusive jurisdiction of the state, bar none. Um, but there was a sentiment uh, among the tribal communities that that was not correct. And in fact, perhaps illegal, given how the, the relationship between tribes and the United States and, tr and states exists elsewhere. So the Passamaquoddy tribe brought the lawsuit, sued the United States, um, and that resulted in a landmark decision which recognized the Passamaquoddy tribe and the Penobscot Nation as federally recognized tribes like any other. Um, and it essentially recognized that the state of Maine's perspective that the tribes were under the thumb of the state and that they had no jurisdiction that didn't flow from the state, um, this opinion proved that wrong. Following 1975's uh, um, Morton decision, um, there were three other court cases that led to the Settlement Act. Two of those court cases involved uh, attempts by the, the tribes in Maine to utilize and exercise sovereign powers that other tribes have elsewhere. Um, one of those cases related to whether or not uh, the Passamaquoddy tribe had criminal jurisdiction over activities on its reservation um, and the other dealt with whether or not the tribe had sovereign immunity from lawsuit, a critical aspect of tribal sovereignty. And in both of those cases, one which went through the First Circuit and in one that went to the, uh, the main law court, the courts ruled in favor of tribal sovereignty and essentially said, just because the state of Maine didn't recognize these tribes does not mean that these are not tribes like any other tribe in the United States. And the, the takeaway from those cases was very clearly that the tribes in Maine have the rights, privileges, benefits, and immunities of every other federally recognized tribe in the United States. Those cases were between maybe like 1978, 1979, and they prompted the Settlement Act uh, negotiations, which really only came about because the United States sued the state of Maine. The United States sued the state of Maine, the tribes did not sue the state of Maine, uh, for illegal dispossession um, of the tribes of their land. Uh, and so when, when U.S. v. Maine was brought by the United States and after those court decisions said that the tribes have jurisdictional powers like other tribes, the state of Maine came to the table and negotiated very, very hard. And those negotiations resulted in a two-part settlement. Uh, the first is the, the Maine Implementing Act, which sets the jurisdictional boundaries between the tribes. And instead of following the rules of Indian law, which generally have a, a tribal state or sorry, a tribal federal model, the Implementing Act implements uh, a tribal state model. And then the federal component essentially authorized the state component. It created the Land Claim Settlement Fund and essentially um, constituted the federal government's relinquishment of some of its obligations with respect to tribal lands in Maine. There have been several attempts since 1980 to re-examine parts of the Settlement Act um, prior to, to the task force of 2019. Um, and, and these efforts were all born out of recognition that the settlement has had a disproportionately uh, negative impact on the tribes. 
the tribes have not been able to acquire the lands that they were authorized to acquire. And the jurisdictional components of the Settlement Act have proven to essentially uh, strangle economic development and tribal self-determination at just about every turn. As a result, as the ambassador said, the tribes in Maine are not exercising the benefits and immunities that other tribes exercise elsewhere. Um, and even some of the activities that the tribes were engaged in at the time of the Settlement Act turned out to be um, deemed not lawful under the Settlement Act. It's just something that the tribes never really bargained for. And that's that last bullet there. The Penobscot Nation was engaged in gaming. Um, they didn't believe that they were negotiating away their right to conduct uh, economic development. It turns out the state of Maine had had that exact thing in mind. And so that business of the Penobscot Nation was shut down because of the Settlement Act. The recommendations for the task force, uh, which met from 2019 until, uh, well, from July or so of 2019 until December of 2019, touched on uh, large categories um, that cover pretty much all aspects of, of tribal jurisdiction. You see them listed here, but it's trust land acquisition, use of land and natural resources, hunting and fishing, taxing, criminal jurisdiction, civil jurisdiction, gaming, and the applicability of federal laws to the tribes in Maine. Um, the recommendations, as the ambassador said, were, were nearly unanimous. They were all unanimous with the exception, I think, of just one or two criminal jurisdiction recommendations that were, I think there was just one dissenting vote. Um, and and the, the recommendations were then placed into legislation that was 2090, LD 2094 in the last legislature. Um, but even if passed by the legislature, all of these revisions would require the tribes to adopt the changes to the Settlement Act through their own lawmaking processes, which is exactly what was required uh, during the original Settlement Act process. At, at the end of the day, the goal is for the tribes to be able to, in all of these subjects that you see, exercise the, the powers and, and benefits that other tribes have. To view a transcript of Passamaquoddy Corey Hinton's explanation of the categories covered in the task force recommendations, you can go to sunlightmediacollective.org. A link will also be provided in the audio archives for this program at weru.org. You are listening to Radioactive on WERU Community Radio. We spoke with Passamaquoddy Chief Maggie Dana of Zabayak and Passamaquoddy Representative to the Maine Legislature, Rena Newell, this spring following the decision to postpone the consideration of LD-1626, an act to implement the recommendations of the Task Force on Changes to the Maine Indian Claims Settlement Implementing Act to this legislative session. Passamaquoddy Representative to the Maine Legislature, Rena Newell. I think it's important to make that connection with those federal laws because we've heard this brought up during the, the Task Force recommendation. And, you know, it's the lack of the, the restrictions that are placed upon us through this main implemented act in regards to federal, um, the absence of the application of federal Indian laws. I think we saw during the task force, you know, through the study uh, conducted by Suffolk, were there 150 federal laws that haven't been applied or don't apply you know, to the tribes in Maine. I think that's important. That's very important, you know, to mention. And I think certainly that's one point, you know, that I would want to see if there were any changes to this Maine Implementing Act. It is in that joint resolution, you know, that the, the tribes 
laid out of what they want. And that's just basically to be treated as any other federally recognized tribe across the nation and have those laws applied, you know, to to the tribes here in in Maine as well. And I think um, we just need to be moving, continue to move forward in in that direction and do our best to exercise, you know, self-determination in moving forward. Passamaquoddy Chief Etzebayek, Chief Maggie Dana. You know, Garen, the other day, the bombshell of um, this is rushed and it's going to be held over and we still want you to give public testimony. And so my, my feelings are this. It's like, we all know this is wrong for our people. Like it wasn't, it was a bad deal. It was supposed to be a land deal that went wrong. And, um, you know, the state or state of Maine wants to keep oppressing our people. It's an oppressive act. It's, a, it's, you know, frustrating where we know this system is designed to do what it's doing. It wanted to terminate us. Like this whole, the whole system wants to terminate us, kill the Indian, save the man. It's about dominance and control. So I don't have to like go into all that, but that it boils into where we are today. And if people know that this is wrong or how come Maine is the last, almost one of the last states that won't let this go. There's like four to 500 tribes in the nation that work with their states or they don't have this type of act that they have all the rights, privileges and immunities and so on. And there's only the state of Maine and whoever else. And they use this as an example of what not to do. And so if everybody knows that's wrong, how is it so hard to change it? We should be doing what's right. Everything that they've done up to this far, it's like keeping us invisible at the same time. I've met so many people that don't even know there's tribes in Maine. And then, so trying to fight, trying to fight these issues in Maine, they're all like, we don't know what federal Indian law is. Just keep coming back with, you know, we don't have enough time. Um, we don't know um, about these laws. And so we have to spend time educating. And then new people come in and then you got to educate them. All these studies that were done, all these um, recommendations, and then we just keep going back. Again, that's that system is just allowed to, not allowed, it's built to do that. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to think of like, is this really going to work? You know, I think about like, why, why do we keep going back? And you don't want to give up. They want us to give up. They want us to get tired and be frustrated and just give up and go away. And, you know, we'll never change anything. So you have to, or I have to look inside of myself and say, you know what? We've been here for thousands of years. Our people have lasted, endured so many things I can't even imagine, you know. Our lives are good today. I couldn't imagine what our grandparents, you know, went through, great-great-grandparents. Cold, um, hunger, I don't know, being targeted and, you know, murdered, um, living in houses that were substandard, you know, paper shack, and then having to make a a decision like, oh, everything's going to be better. 
if you would just decide on this and we need to do it quickly because this this president is leaving, you know, that duress that she talked about. I'm not going anywhere, you know. Um, we all have that fight. I know we do. Passamaquoddy representative to the Maine legislature, Rena Newell. But I appreciate what you said uh, about not going away, Chief, because I've said that often. Um, and I've heard other, you know, tribal leaders mention it as well. You know, I think that's part of the words that we say. And... Um, Part of the words that sustains us, you know, and, and motivates us and maintains us is that uh, that acknowledgement to ourselves that, you know, we are not going to go away. How can we positively bring change to this document if one side is continually saying we need a revision, you know, to improve tribal state relations, we need to revise this document. We I have an understanding that that can be accomplished within this structure that, that we're questioning. However, but what we've been receiving is that lack of, you know, um, what is it? Reciprocity, I guess, mm -hmm. in the same understanding that this document can be amended between the tribe and the state. Um, and I think that's where we are again. And I think that's where we've been. But I think, as you mentioned yourself, Chief, where we are today in 2021 in regards to the support, uh, the support is rising outside um, the yeah. Chief Executive's office. In my opinion, the support is rising, you know, in the legislative branch of the main state government. And I think we have seen, you know, support is rising for change, you know, within the state of Maine itself and the citizens of the state. And I think it's important to recognize that. And uh, I think we absolutely have to remain hopeful, as you mentioned, Chief, you know, we're following in the footsteps of our, our ancestors, you know, in, in trying to um, bring about change, you know, to, to the history, uh, you know, historic treatment from the past. You've been listening to Radioactive, a grassroots environmental and social justice news journal on WERU Community Radio, produced with Sunlight Media Collective, including Don Neptune Adams, Maria Gerard, and Molly Obamsawin. For more information, you can go to sunlightmediacollective.org. Music is Skijin and You by Penobscot Nation tribal members Chantel Van Dyke, Alexis Ireland, Julian Loring, Lee Neptune, Gabriel Paul, and Naku Parsons. Produced by David Hodges and Donna Loring with Seven Eagles Media. Silence seems so loud. If you understand what we're going through, could you stay on the right path if the streets got a hold of you? Digging deep in my head, I'm focused on that bread. 
Would everyone feel better if I was broken, wound up dead? But I'm telling you to mind your own as I try to build my legacy. If you're down with me, come walk with me as I fulfill my destiny. Rest in peace to all the hopeless haters. Negative fuels my motivator. Shouting out to all the OG natives. We see the future. Let's go and chase it. Much easier to say Don't care, we've been mostly now. 